Fake Spike Podcast number 47. We got a game tomorrow, Tennessee Titans, and uh, Jets on their way to 0-4. I guess uh, that gives too much of a sneak not preview much. of what uh, I'm going to predict. I, I, I don't see them having much of a shot at this game, but you, know, you, you never know. Any given Sunday. What's going on, Vort? I just... Uh, I don't see any positives. Nothing over the past couple of weeks gives me any hope. Uh, funny thing happened this week. I got an alert <laughs> sometime during the day yesterday on my phone, one of the sports app that says that Tennessee will be playing without their top two receivers, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. And instantly my brain does a little happy dance. Oh, yes, perfect timing. Literally half a millisecond goes by before the wiser, smarter part of my brain goes, what are you celebrating? What the hell does that change? They're still getting their brains kicked in tomorrow. <laughs> Tennessee still has the defense and Derrick Henry. That's it. The, and th- that's exactly how my brain. All, right. all that, that means is Derrick Henry will have 40 carries. Henry will have 40 carries for 300 yards. What have the Jets <laughs> shown us to say that they can take advantage of the opening? So definitely no high hopes for me. I just hope I don't leave the stadium crying tomorrow. Well, I will uh, not be at the game itself because I don't do that anymore. And maybe one day I'll describe to our our massive sea of listeners uh, why I don't go to Jet home games anymore. But I will be at the tailgate hanging out, and then I'll be there for some of the game outside. And then, uh, you know, hopefully uh, I can hear the, the, the boos and the cheers from the uh, from the parking lot, and uh, we'll see what happens. But all right, let's analyze the game a little bit. Tell me, uh, tell me your thoughts. I know... Um, you it probably have very similar me. thoughts to me I based on millions of conversations. Done go over ahead. The past Shoot. two years, and this team is kind of at the peak of their window. Maybe it was last year, maybe it's this year. But what scares me about tomorrow's game is Tennessee is this team that they do everything right. They don't have a quarterback that's a superstar, but they put him in a position. They they put him in an offense that's catered to protecting him, masking his flaws a little bit. And all of a sudden, he went from being a draft day bust with uh, with the Dolphins to being a serviceable, decent quarterback. They have a running back who is arguably the best, if not one of the two, three best running backs in the game. And what he's doing the past two years is pretty historic. If he can continue doing it one or two more years, we'll be talking about him as an all-time great. The guy is a monster. They're well-coached. They're disciplined. They have a solid defense. They're a bruising, strong team. And all of that is just a terrible, terrible matchup for the young and inexperienced Jets. The one thing I'm looking forward to, the one thing, I have no false desires and dreams of a win. Frankly, I don't even have desires of the game being competitive and close tomorrow. What I do want to see tomorrow is Corey Davis show up and play. I mean, we're not saying have 20 catches for 200 yards lead us to a win. But the last two weeks, you've been playing like dog shit. Show up against your old team. Show out a little bit and show us that you got a real player. I pretty much on the same page. I don't think the Jets have any chance. Uh, you know, even with the guys out, I think it's going to be a lot of Henry. I think Henry will set up a pass game where they can whatever receivers are out there, Tannehill will be able to find them. Uh, and and like you, I don't see the Jets' offense being able to do much with their defense. On the flip side, I do think that I, I don't think it's not that I think they will. I the one thing I am hoping for, knowing that they're going to lose, is that I see some kind of progress. And it is not too much of a jump for them to show any progress because it's been regression the past few weeks to where we thought two weeks ago was the worst we could see. And last week, even though the, you know, it wasn't 
it wasn't a lot of interceptions and it wasn't a lot of big, huge plays. It was just even worse because it was just a methodical thrashing. And it can't get worse than that, really. I mean, I guess it could, but to want to see some progress means at least better than the last couple of weeks. And that may not be asking that much. Uh, the Jets have a, a weird way of showing up when you don't expect them to. But I don't think they show up enough to, to keep the game close or get a win here. I, I see Tennessee winning this by at least three scores. Um, they could be, you know, two, two touchdowns and a field goal. So we're at 17. It doesn't have to necessarily be 21 or 24 points. But I don't see the Jets keeping this close for longer than a little while. And then, uh, you know, Tennessee, as you pointed out, is a, is a well, well-disciplined and a prepared team. They, they're, they're not world beaters. They don't go, they can beat anybody at any yes. time, but I think they are, they have a very high, they have, they may not have a super high ceiling, but they have a very That's high a really, floor. Really great and analogy. I think their floor is really way higher analogy. than the Jets I didn't ceiling. I not look at it until you so said it. It, it could be an ugly game. Sense. Their ceiling might not be Super Bowl, but their floor is certainly playoff contenders, legit playoff contenders where the Jets ceiling is four or five wins this year. So that's that definitely kind of puts it in perspective. Mm. <laughs> it was no. Brother, it was four or five wins before the season started. For the Jets to get to five wins now, they'd have to go five and nine. And I just don't see that happening. I think the Jets best case scenario is like a you know, what would five wins be out of 17? That's just about a 35% winning percentage. So I, I am not one of those people who says, well, they're due. You know, they, they were supposed to be 35. They'll get their five. No, I think the best you can expect that's, is that they play 33% from here on out, which what do we have? Seven, um, 14 games left. So, you know, um, is that 14? We have 14 games. Best, so their, their yeah. best, absolute best case scenario is that they might get the five wins with that kind of thing. And I just don't see it happening. I don't think, yeah. You know, yeah, I don't think they are in a position to do that yet. Now, I have calmed down since since the absolute dejection on, on Sunday and Monday. Um, I am still not ready to be optimistic. But, you know, we did say we expect the first four or five weeks to be tough. We did say um, we did acknowledge that it's all rookies, including coaches, and it may take them some time to gel. And we did say we were not looking for wins. We were looking for progress. So two out of three of those are still the case. We have not seen progress. So I, I am willing to give it until week six, which would be five games in, before I just call it a complete disaster and say they're not doing anything. There is still a chance they can turn something around and and possibly get the ship right to the point where they can be competitive. I don't I, I think we're looking at like another three win season at best. And I'm okay with that if I start to see some progress from everybody. That includes Wilson, it includes the receivers, it includes the coaching staff. Uh, if I see some progress, I'm going to be okay. I have resigned myself to the fact this is going to be another bad year, and we are not getting to five wins. I really don't think so. We have a pretty tough schedule out there. There's only realistically three or four winnable games. The you know, they, they probably win one. You don't no expect them to win, but it's just not a lot of, of games. Say, listen, they're really they're going to be able to take. Especially with the way we've looked so far. So it's we're not in a position to be that team that started to pencil and wins. We're in a position to kind of look at the schedule and say, wow, do we have a chance to be competitive in this game? The only thing that I'm holding on to is exactly what you said. The Jets have that tendency of when you're written them off, when you're down on your luck and you're ready to throw away the season, they'll show up just to screw with you and win a game or two when you completely didn't expect them to. So that's kind of the only thing on my mind that I'm banking on at this point.
And thank God this year we don't have to worry about a quarterback. So I'm not going to root so hard for the draft pick. You know, if they if they get in a position where, you know, it's like, hey, all right, well, it's over. We may as well root for draft pick. I'm not going to be upset if they get out there and beat a couple of teams they shouldn't have like I did last year. We got the quarterback. Uh, it doesn't necessarily matter if we pick one or four with with what we need and what we have. They can still trade out and get some picks no matter where they are or draft the best guy. So I will be rooting for wins because – if we if if last year was this year and Darnold was Wilson, he was a first year guy and we didn't need a quarterback. And I saw that progress in those wins that we saw against the Rams and the Browns. I would have been ecstatic, you know, but I knew Darnold was on his way out. I knew that no matter what he did, he wasn't going to change my mind that he was going to get any better with the Jets and we needed the draft pick. So this year I will take a couple of those sneaky wins and be happy with them because it builds experience for the young team. So I will absolutely take that this year. And of course this year, because I'm okay with it, it won't happen, but whatever the case may be, um, we, we, we shall see whether they can get this together over the next few weeks. I still have confidence in Salah as a head coach. Uh, I am kind of on the fence about the offensive coordinator the combination like between not having the talent and not having experiences. I, I think it's wearing down, down a little bit. I've we'll, we'll just recalibrated, reset a little bit and just said to myself, listen, there is no way I'm losing faith in Salah at least the first half of the season, likely the first year. Let him, this is also a rookie head coach who has promise, he has potential, and he has a young team. I'm not writing him off after this season. I'm, I'm not writing him off during the season unless he does something that's so amateurish that the, you and me are just like, whoa, he should be coaching Pee Wee. So that's off the table for me. The other thing that I kind of had to, and for those listeners, that's my kids screaming in the background, um, because this recording is not happening at 11 p.m. Uh, the other thing is I kind of <laughs> resign myself to the fact that I'm not going to look for improvements and make any rash judgments and allow myself to feel as dejected as I did uh, the week that passed for eight weeks. I'm giving it half a season because the thing that I've kind of convinced myself, I don't know foolishly or not, is the team that's so young, the biggest thing, the, the biggest hardship to me in sports is the change in speed from high school to college, college to the pros. The speed is what kills. You just have to get used to the pace of the game. And the team being so young, they just don't have enough of the guys to whom the game feels like it's normal pace. I feel like everybody on the field is trying to catch up. By the half-season point, that there should be a little bit more normalcy. The game should start to feel like the speed is not overwhelming anymore. Now let's focus on actually executing and running the plays and knowing our assignments versus now knowing your assignment, but when a snap starts, you're literally going, holy shit, this guy just blew by me. The speed of the game will start to become natural with more practices, with more live reps like you. I will be, if you're 0-16, I will be on my hands and knees rooting for a win. They got our quarterback. I am not rooting for a top 10 draft pick, top 5 draft picks. I want wins because that's experience. That's culture of winning. And that's just a good goddamn feel, feeling to build on when you win games. So that's kind of what I resign myself to. Let's give it half a season. Let's see if the speed of the game starts to look a little bit more. If, if the younger guys start to feel a little bit more at home when the, the camera is on you and the, the games count. The speed of the game is a great point, and a lot of people don't talk about. They talk about the jump. They talk about 
you know, the X's and the O's and the, um, and, you know, game planning and going against a Belichick who knows how to do this, knows how to do that. But the speed of the game is something people don't really take into consideration and maybe not so much just the speed, but to add to that, the level of competition, because even look at it this way, there's, let's, let's just use around number 300 division one teams. And there's, you know, there's, let's just call it 500 teams, right? College has way more than pro, so there's a hundred guys on each team, five thousand players, three hundred of them are drafted. You know, a two two seventy five. Let's call it three hundred. You're looking at less than one percent of the players that are in the in college are drafted to the NFL, and that doesn't even include the ones that that turn into good players. Uh, what what portion of players in a draft out of two hundred and whatever players actually turn into pretty good players? Never mind stars, but pretty good players. Very few of them. But in college, you could be on a team that plays against all these other really good teams in co- at college, and every single player in the pros, even the shitty ones, are better than most of the players you played in college. And that's something most people yeah. don't take into consideration. So you touching on the speed thing is a great point that even myself, I don't even think of it that often, but it is true. It might take them a little while before the game, quote-unquote, starts to slow down for them. And that's what happens is it, it happens in life. You do something, it, you know, I, I will give an example from my playing in band days. If I had to learn a song, a three-minute song would seem like it was 12 hours long trying to get to know all the parts. And then as I got to know the parts and I heard it enough and I got to know the inflections here and the and the switches there, suddenly that song would seem much shorter as time went on. And that's kind of an analogy of how it works in, in a sporting, in a, in sports or anything you do where when it's new, the world seems so much broader and wider and faster. And then as you get to know it, it, it slows down for you and, and allows you to, to, to not only react, but to think because a lot of it becomes muscle memory. And you're absolutely right. The Jets players have not gotten there. The coaches probably haven't gotten there. And we will see through this stretch what they are made of, because if the coaches can, can keep them focused and on track, and you know a few a few more games where things do start to slow down we can see some competitiveness we may not see a lot of wins but if we can see the difference between what they've looked like the past couple of weeks and 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 a, and a football team that at least belongs on the field and is just not very good it will make all the difference in the world absolutely right now there is no wasted games no wasted snaps it's about getting those reps and starting to feel a little bit more at home so yeah, well, that, i don't know if it's uh, <laughs> stupidity or i'm being realistic but i resign myself to let's give it half a season and let's see if the speed itself and the maybe at that point they'll start looking at uh, and giving us some positives to hold on to yeah, you're giving me something to think about because I was giving it five games, which would be basically what we've been saying all this time is the first few weeks of the season is preseason these days. So, and you you factor that in, the Jets as a young team didn't even have a real preseason. It's just three games and half of the time the starters didn't play. So the Jets are basically in, you know, advanced training camp mode right now. They're three games in, a couple of more. Uh, you know, my five may not be enough, but I'm, I am not going to... I'll push the panic on Sunday and Monday when things are bad. But once I start to think about it, I I am not going to officially push any panic buttons until it's week six and they're still not executing. They're still making dumb penalties. They're still not prepared. Then then I'm going to worry. But at this point now, I will just be emotional and angry on Sunday and Monday and then and then calm down. And, you know, maybe we have a podcast on a Thursday or Friday in late November and I'm singing a different tune. But right now I'm going to keep an open mind and see what direction it goes. That's more than fair. With that being said, let's jump into tomorrow's yeah, game. Let's, let's throw out some okay. predictions out there. All right. You first. What is Zach Wilson going to do tomorrow? I do not foresee another good 
I, I'm not foreseeing another good outing for Zach Wilson. Let's say... I don't want to predict that he'll be in total dumps, but I definitely don't see a lot of positives. Let's go with uh, 17 for 30 as far as completions. Okay. Most of it coming in the second half as they fall behind. Uh, I'll give him <laughs> 230 yards tomorrow because I anticipate the Jets being behind in the second half and I have no faith in anything that resembles a running game. So um, the yardage will be up there. Uh, I will go with one touchdown and two more INTs. And I think okay. he'll scramble tomorrow for 25 yards. As far as Zach Wilson, that's what I anticipate tomorrow. All right, let's go. Uh, I'm not going to bother with MVP. It's kind of subjective at this point. We know who it's going to be on the Titan side if it is. So we will yep. just go straight to the prediction. Derrick Henry carries yards, touchdowns. 32 carries, 160 wow, he stole my yards. Number, you okay. Yeah. And two touchdowns. Two TDs. Okay, I was actually going to go 32 carries too, but I will I will keep the 32. Okay, the best case scenario, the absolute best case, everything goes right. The Titans have a bus crash on the way there and have to play with scrubs. What's your absolute best case scenario? Best case scenario is the Jets make it competitive. They lose in the end when the experience and execution matters, and they'll fall a little bit short. But best case scenario is Tannehill will look like the quarterback who was considered the bust in Miami because his two top weapons will not be there as a safety blanket. So maybe we stack the line. We contain Derrick Henry long enough. Maybe there is a turnover. So best case scenario, the Jets somehow managed to grab an early lead and fight and claw their way to a very close defeat. So anything under, anything that's a one-score game, and I'm talking about a loss here. I'm not even, I'm not even, gonna fool myself with the predicting a win so best case scenario is the jets put up something in the neighborhood of 20 points but they fall short something like 24 20 24 19 so my best case scenario 24 20 titans but the jets make it competitive and make us believers and dreamers late into the fourth quarter okay uh worst case scenario Worst case scenario is a young inexperienced team that's definitely having a little bit of a crisis of confidence uh, and it'll show because they're playing a team that's expected to make a deep playoff run that has all the experience in the world. And even without their top two wide receivers, still have enough weapons, enough coaching, enough experience uh, to comfortably beat the Jets. My fear is comfort turns into a debacle, an absolute beatdown. And we're talking something like 31-3. And, and the three comes late in the fourth quarter or something in the fourth. <laughs> Inconsequential field goal. So I'll say 31-3 is my absolute nightmare scenario for tomorrow. Okay. And what's your realistic point of view? <sighs> oh, man. I I want to be that supportive fan that says realistically we lose by 8-9 tomorrow. So just a, a little bit more than a one-score game. But the last two weeks really scarred me. And uh, going back to... Tennessee not having uh, Jones and Brown still doesn't give me enough confidence that Jets can keep it close, can keep it respectable. So realistically speaking, I think once Derrick Henry gets going in the second half, the Jets start falling behind. The defense gets worn out. We go into the half losing 13-0. We give up 13-0 uh, at the half. I'll say 27 Nine is my realistic prediction for tomorrow. It's just not going to be pretty. It's going to be one of those comfortable wins where the Titans jump out to a lead and then professionally execute to see, see out the game. All right. 
Good one. Okay. So let's see. Me, I am going to say Zach Wilson is, uh, I think the Jets last week went very pass heavy and didn't do much running. Whether that was game plan, whether it was circumstances, whether it was just stupidity, I don't know. I think the Jets are going to get the running game more involved this week. So I don't think Wilson's going to throw as much. I do think he'll have to throw a lot in the second half because they'll be down. But I don't think he's going to throw that quite that much. I think they will try try and incorporate the running game a little bit more. So I think Wilson is going to be 14 for 24, which is probably low, but I'm going to go with it. 14 for 24. I think he's going to throw one touchdown, and I think he will be intercepted one time, and he might lose a fumble. But I'm going to go with one actual INT. I don't think he's going to scramble too much. I think you know if he runs for his life, he might. I'm only going to give him 10 yards on the ground. Derrick Henry, on the other hand, I think it's going to be a very heavy dose of Derrick Henry. Even with the receivers in there, they rely heavily on him. He is a true workhorse back. Uh, doesn't catch much out of the backfield. He's just a bruiser, man. Give that guy the ball. Let him wear the defense down. As long as he's still got energy, it's all that matters because the defense is going to is going to be tired from not only chasing him around, but having him knock them over. He's huge. So I think Henry's going to get a lot of carries. I had 32. I'm going to stick with 32. I think he's going to break some big ones especially later in the game. So I'm going to give him 210 yards Ooh. and I'm going, to give him, I'm going to give him two TDs. I mean, listen, I, I might be underestimated. My joke was he would have 40 carries for 300. Obviously that's not going to happen, but I would not be shocked if it, if he did, if he did go over 200. Okay. My best case scenario, I think it's one of those really weird games where the jets show up uh, very low scoring. I do not think the jets can break 20 and keep it close. I don't think they just break 20 at all. I think, my absolute best case scenario, if, you know, like stars align and the, the skies open up and the, and the gods sing and the angels uh, are playing their harps, is the Jets lose a very close one. Um, they they either fall short late or they just, um, you know, they, they maybe have a lead and then give it up like they did a couple of years ago in Tennessee. They were up 16 nothing and lost. Um, yeah. I think the, the best case scenario is, is the Jets are within a score and they lose 17-16, something like that. Heartbreaker, where you're like, oh my God, they had this good team on the ropes and they just couldn't do it. That's the best case. I am not crazy enough to believe it could happen, but we are talking fantasy here. I think the worst case scenario is the Jets could possibly get shut out again. I don't want to predict that, so I'm going to give them a few points, but they could get shut out again. I think that Tennessee is a better team than Denver. I think Tennessee has more weapons on offense. Even um, you know their their receivers are out. I think they have uh, nearly as good, or if if not as good, a defense. I think they are very well prepared and and well um, good fundamental team. I think the worst case is something like thirty seven to eight. I'm going to give a weird score. Thirty seven to eight is what it, it what it could be if the Titans go a little nuts. So I'm going to say thirty seven to eight is my worst case scenario, and who knows, maybe it's worse than that. Realistically, I think we're looking at a very similar game to what we've seen the past two weeks. Uh, give or take whether the Jets put anything on the board or not, that's that's you know that doesn't matter. I think realistically, the Titans are in the mid twenties, like the Patriots and the Broncos were, and we're looking at something like um, you know let, let's call it uh, let's call it twenty four to to six, you know something in that range. I think the best, the worst case, and the realistic case is the Jets lose by at least three scores, whatever those scores are, whether it's two touchdowns and a field goal with a, with with two point conversions. So I'm going to go 24 to six is the worst case and is the realistic case. And I think that's pretty realistic because I don't see the Jets putting up a lot of, uh, a lot of points through, um, you know, with touchdowns, it's going to be a lot of field goals, even though I did give Wilson a touchdown, but uh, I'm, I'm not marrying up my Wilson prediction with my score, obviously. So Absolutely. realistically it's... Titans 24 jets six. So, 
That is, uh, those are your predictions for the week. We are now just about 23 and a half minutes. This has uh, been a fairly short one, and I don't have anything else. How about you? No, uh, I just wanted to make sure we get the predictions in. I Absolutely. look forward to seeing you tomorrow at the tailgate. Yes, J-E-T-S, jest, jest, jest. <laughs> Let's hope we have something, something to hang our hats on after this week. Because if you have eight scoreless quarters, to the, eight consecutive scoreless quarters of football by our offense, you might need to you might need to cuddle me as I fall asleep because I don't know if I can recover about eight scoreless quarters. Yeah, eight scoreless. But right now you've got you've got whatever amount of scoreless. But they haven't scored a touchdown since the since the first game. So they've gone they've so, gone eight plus quarters without a touchdown four plus quarters without scoring anything at all and it's just it's getting ugly let's keep our fingers crossed enjoy your day i'll see you tomorrow